Welcome in. Thank you so much for joining us on the CCA California podcast. My name is Chris, your host, flying solo today. Kevin has a much-deserved week off this week. Uh, before we get started, make sure to go follow us on Instagram at ccacalifornia.org. Uh, make sure to subscribe to the podcast, give us a five-star review while you're at it, and uh, visit us at ccacalifornia.org. Today we have two very special guests with us. We've got Jason and Jamie Diamond for, from Santa Barbara Landing. Guys, how are you guys? Hey, Chris. Thanks for having us. Yeah, I'm awesome. Thanks. <laughs> awesome. Sweet. Well, first off, have you guys, have either of you guys been out fishing lately? I know the Rockfish Opener just started about a month ago or so. But yeah, we've been out fishing yeah. every day we possibly can. Excellent. And there's also a lot of weather days where we couldn't get out. I was going to say like tomorrow. Like tomorrow, but the weekend looks good and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Next week's looking pretty good so far that there's a couple days where it might be we may not get out, but it is starting to improve a little bit more each week. But this has been a really tough year for wind and high seas. I was going to say, is this yeah. more of a traditional Southern California springtime? I think no? it's a little more this year, a little more intense this year. I think it's because um, Ponsatani Phil died. You heard about that, right? The no. actual, he died, yes, yeah, so they got to get a new one. I think winter lasts longer when that happens. Huh, interesting. Very interesting. <laughs> awesome. Well, let's get into it. Um, Jamie, let's get into your background. Tell us a little bit about yourself. So uh, I married into sport fishing. Okay. Uh, when Jason and I got married in 2005, uh, we had our first son, Matthew, who's a deckhand now, uh, in 2006. And uh, we realized I was a pastry chef at the time. Oh, nice. Um, at, at a restaurant, at a fine dining restaurant. And it just wasn't the numbers didn't add up mm -hmm. after child care and all that kind of stuff and so Jason and I talked and he said hey how about you start marketing and, and booking charters for the boat and then you can transition to like staying at home and things like that and so I did and it just kind of took off I, I started thinking of different ways we were one of the first boats on the on the coast to have a website um, it was like oh, really? coded like C++ right. <laughs> coded <laughs> website um, and I started posting daily fish counts and then actual daily reports and, more, and then pictures and mm -hmm. it grew from there and and then we started we were one of the first in the social media realm and and really getting into to pushing the daily reports the on the water reports the I mean there was always the on the water reports with 976 bite and 976 tuna and they and and dot, uh, sportfishingreport.com and all those guys did a great job but for a boat posting their own stuff on their own website things like that we really got into it early so you're a trendsetter basically yeah, absolutely i'm an influencer <laughs> yeah 100%. um so anyway so i started doing that i started booking our charters things like that and mm -hmm. i started working more with sac the sport fishing association of California. Jason was on the board of directors for that already. She kind of took my seat because I, I ran the boats like every day, seven days a week. I couldn't give it the attention it actually needed. Mm -hmm. And she is way better at this than I could ever be <laughs> at doing this type of stuff. She's amazing. Yeah. So I, I got more into the fisheries management over the years and, mm -hmm. and I really enjoy doing that actually. Um, and yeah, it's just been a, it's been a natural flow for me, progression mm -hmm. of of being more involved with fisheries management. And then just last year, we took over ownership of former Sea Landing, now Santa Barbara Landing. Okay. I'm the manager Congrats. here. Congrats. That's awesome. Thank you. 
Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Jason, what about you, man? I grew up in San Diego on the sport fishing boats down there. Okay. Anywhere from half day all the way up to long range. Got my captain's license, ran boats down there for a little bit, and then came up here. And um, and uh, we ended up getting the Stardust. Nice. Which uh, which boats did you run down south? I ran the deal. You name it. I was running them, deck hands on them, almost every boat down there. Wow. Yeah, okay. and, and and worked with all the guys. I mean, it was really. I had a, that's where I cut my teeth. Mm-hmm. And it's a good thing I did too, because you know, they're really good. Yeah. They're really good down there. Yeah. They. they I, I I was taught how to run every day, no matter what. As long as the weather was good and everything was safe and cool, you know, mm-hmm. no excuses, get the boat off the dock, all that kind of stuff. It was awesome, you know. And you've taken that up here to San Diego. Absolutely. I've had that with me ever since. And that was ingrained in me as a small child. Uh-huh. That boat gets off the dock if it's physically thin enough every day. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so we've kind of, we've kind of, I mean, I just, I just, I've kept that the whole time. Uh-huh. And it's cool, you know. I mean, yeah. I, I, but like I said, I worked every single day for the longest time, mm-hmm. you know. And then, you know, as, as, and my guys are all homegrown. They grew up here, and they grew up, and now they're running the boats and stuff. You know, Sal and Rafa and 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 and, and, and Dane and a few other people. Pretty awesome. That's pretty cool, awesome man. story. Yeah. That's cool. So you kind of took all your stuff from San Diego, decided to make the plunge. Or oh, a lot of it. Yeah, stuff. I took a lot of that from there. Yeah, I mean, those guys down there are no joke. Yeah. You know. Does a, lot, does a lot of it translate to the fishing style up here? I'd say, you, you know, I just say we, we we fish our we fish our ass off every single day, seven days a week. Mm-hmm. We have no leash, nothing. We go where the fish are. That's we will, we, yeah. We, we, there are if we, we got to get in late, we're getting in late. Mm-hmm. Doesn't make any difference. We are going to fish. Yeah. Well, so actually, on that, we were at the. Um, Santa Barbara chapters uh, seminar last night, and you had mentioned we uh, we got that question in the audience where if you go to San Miguel, which is I mean it can't be it can't be close. That's got to be a nice run out there. It's super far away, yeah. And your answer was spot on. I mean, if the fish are biting over there, or if they're not, or if it kind of sucks at Rosa, yeah. If our fishing's kind of sucky, and, and, and we got to go further, mm-hmm. we're going further. That's all there, and we're going to get in later, and it doesn't matter. We're going to let you know too on on the we're going to let you know. Hey, we're Stay later, guys. Hopefully, he's got a plane to catch. We're doing this. Yeah, for That's sure. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and vice versa, you know, we had somebody else ask specifically about sea bass trips and overnight mm-hmm. trips, and, and, and the same response in that, yeah, if they're biting, if it's wide open sea bass, yeah, we're going to go for it, but we're not going to plan white sea bass trips a year out, not knowing, you know, we're, we're not going to sell you a white sea bass trip and then be that like, trip can be pretty, yeah. and and, yeah. and take you, you know, into the half day zone because the weather sucks. Right. So we those those types of specialty trips we we wait until we know what's going on and then we throw them on kind of last minute we, yeah. maybe a week or two notice but um, we just that that's not our style to to do that that's not how we roll well the idea for us too is come prepared you know mm-hmm. bring your two to three rods with you yeah. you know bring your two to three rods with you because you don't you don't know if I'm driving out there I hear I, I just at, the sea bass can bite at any time sometimes especially okay. after a big blow the, yeah. and a little later in the season you'll see after big blows those things will start biting and we'll be in there fishing them so it's always it's always good to be prepared because what if there's a break in the weather Mm-hmm. And but your trip was you know it was gonna be kind of windy so we had to fish up the coast or something. But the weather broke. You're like oh, we're going across right now. Mm-hmm. You don't want to sell yourself short. You, you don't know what you're gonna come into sometimes. Yeah. So you just want to come with your two or three rods all the time and be ready. That's awesome. Yeah. With that said, those rent rods catch everything and anything. That's the cool part too. Our rental tackle is very diverse. I mean, it's a Jigmaster 530 pound on it. Okay. And a seven. 
seven plus rod. I mean, it, it's perfect. That yeah. that rod can be used for anything that we do here, which yeah. is so cool too. Our rental tackle. There many fish, more fish get caught on that rental tackle than anything else. It's crazy <laughs> how much fish that stuff catches. That's awesome. Yeah, that's really cool. Any uh, any sea bass that you know that have bitten so far for you guys? We've only year? got a couple this year so far. Okay, that's it. But it's happening. It's going to happen any day now. Gotcha. We'll start. It'll, it'll, it'll get a little more steady. Problem is, we just keep getting these big. Um, wind events that happen for days at a time we haven't we like we're at the islands today mm -hmm. i guess they're seeing some sea bass i guess one boat that's out there right now has a couple on board two or three mm -hmm. for the morning that's it yeah. but you can see them they're there it's gonna happen soon yeah it's just not right now i mean but i mean it's gonna happen any day mm -hmm. any day we get a break in the weather after these big blows they're probably gonna bite pretty good soon yeah yeah it seems like this year more more than more so than not you have like seven days of good weather and then three three days of bad weather or three days of wind or whatnot and then it just switches back and yeah forth. it looks like we had two or three days of bad weather and then yeah. a couple days of good weather and then yeah. another day or two of bad weather yeah it's kind of how it's been this year i've had years like this before yeah. I, I i mean it, it, i'm no stranger to it but i just i don't have to like it <laughs> i don't think any of us like that <laughs> nobody likes it sometimes yeah. too you know the weather's good enough to run in good enough to fish in mm -hmm. and we'll, we'll get our day in and we'll get tossed around we'll get beat up a little it's not a safety issue. It's a fact of, it's a fishability issue. Yeah. If we can't go out there and get some good work work done, some good fishing in, we're not going to take you fishing that day. I'm not going to be out there for nothing. Yeah. It just, it. I mean, if it's blowing, you know, 20, 30 knots out there, even even sometimes, sometimes over 15 can make it even tough sometimes mm -hmm. with, with some sea on it. It can be tough, doable, but tough, you know? So, I mean, anything more than that, though, we are not... We are not going to go out in that and, and just take your money for no reason. That's ridiculous. It's not comfortable. It, not only that, you're not going to catch anything. I mean, I've been yeah. doing this 30-plus years. You know, there's mm -hmm. I, I know when we're going to catch stuff, we're not going to catch stuff. I know what kind of condition we're going to do pretty good and what we're not going to do good, and that's for sure. Excellent. Well, guys, let's go into your boats. You have the Coral Sea and the Stardust. Tell us a little bit about them. Coral Sea's a 60-foot boat. It's got a bunker in it, galley, all that stuff. But a lot of people like that bunker room on there. Really? It's kind of cool, yeah. But then, and, and it, it, we do some overnight private charters on it and stuff. It's got a fish hole. It's got all the. It's got all the all the stuff a long range boat would have on it or something. Mm -hmm. It literally has everything a long range boat would have on it. Nice. Everything nice. right down to the fish hole. That's cool. All that stuff. And the Stardust is extremely well equipped too. But it's a day boat. But it's got seating. We only take thirty two people, but it's got seating for fifty mm -hmm. all over the whole boat. I mean, it's got a lot of seating everywhere. You can sit sit down, lay down all over that, whatever. It has room everywhere on it for sitting down and stuff. It's a really awesome day boat. It's got a sun deck on it as well that seats another 20 people. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's got seating everywhere. You you will always have a place to sit on there and be comfortable for sure. I was just about to say, so we've we've always chartered the Stardust for our charters at CCA and all that, and it's absolutely top-notch. It's super comfortable, and like you said, Tons of seats around. Yeah, tons it's of seats. It's, it, it, it's comfortable. It's good. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, our travel time to the islands is generally about two to two and a half hours. You know, but generally, sometimes even three, three and a half. But usually, when we go that distance, it means we we've got something on our mind that's probably pretty stinking good. Yeah. 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 When it comes to the fishing, you've got multiple options up here where you have Rosa, you have, on, off, you know, sometimes Miguel, you also have St. Augustine. Too. Listen, one of the greatest options that we have here is our Gaviota Coast. Oh, yeah. From literally 
10 miles up the coast, all the way up to 35 miles away from the, our harbor, mm -hmm. we have excellent coastal fishing. It is just about as good a, just about as good as island fishing. It is that good, and the quality is nice. I mean, it, it, and, and that's our plan B. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> our plan B is is just about as good as plan A. Mm -hmm. It's pretty cool. We're very fortunate to have all that up there. That's very cool. That's very cool. And we were also talking last night where, I mean, it's kind of, Obviously, rock fishing is a big focus up here, but there's also some pretty good bass fishing. So there can be bass. some great calico fishing sometimes, too, for sure. And it, it's kind of weird. It's kind of a lost thing, or calico fishing. Um, it, it's good a lot of times, but a lot of people want to catch that big quality rock fish, the big white fish, the lingcod and stuff like that, you know? And it takes a lot less effort to catch those, too. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like that's kind of been the trend lately, is, is the effort. And also, you know, like I said, the size of our, our ground fish here, our rock fish, white fish, sheephead, lingcod, are big. They're, yeah. they're large, you know? They're bigger than a calico. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and you can catch a lot more, you're allowed to keep more of it, too. And and also, people feel better about keeping a rockfish than a bass. A lot of people mm -hmm. that, sure. that really are into to the calico bass fishing are more right. in it for the catch and release. Of course, people keep it, and it's great eating and all yeah. of that, and I'm not going to discourage anybody. Mm -hmm. But but really, a lot of it is, you know, we carry a lot of... We do a lot of open party trips, mm -hmm. and we carry first-timers, and, and we're known for being really successful, everybody getting their, their, their full bag. Their nice bag of fish. And, mm -hmm. and it's hard hard to do a specialty trip like that on an open party uh, mm -hmm. like a like a calico targeted trip yeah um just because not everybody's going to be going home with something a right, lot of times right. and and not because the fish aren't there but because not everybody knows how to fish it gotcha. so you know private charters things like that gives us more of an opportunity to target a species mm -hmm. um, where everybody understands that's what we're doing that day are you seeing a little bit more of the catch and release of bass uh, at least in this these neck well, people love release and bass yeah, it's not. It's not. It, it's weird. I I love calico fishing. I absolutely love it. I go on my friends' charters on other on on other yeah. charter boats up and down the coast. My friend charters, so they will fish. Those boats fish for calicos. Yeah. So I will go calico fishing because mm -hmm. I've caught a lot of rock fish in, in, in my life. Right. Sometimes I want to go do something else. Sometimes, so I'll go calico fishing or I'll fish for yellows and white sea bass down south somewhere. And it's really cool, you yeah. know. Yeah. But and, and but I tell you what, when when I need a bunch of fish to eat. Yeah. Right or want to do a fish fry or whatever. Mm -hmm. I mean, I one day out here will set me up for the whole party week, whatever. Yeah. You get a nice big fat bag of fish, and it is very tasty stuff. Oh yeah, for sure. What what's your guys's favorite uh, tasting rockfish? Chili pepper rockfish. Chili pepper. Chili peppers and starry rockfish. They're my favorite. Interesting. Hands down, that is probably the best tasting rockfish out there. Huh? No yeah. reds or anything. Oh, reds are good. Don't get me wrong. All yeah. that's great too, but those are a little extra. Yeah. That's all. They. I feel chili peppers. You know, like all the other rockfish are at ten, uh -huh. but chili peppers go to eleven. Interesting. It's just one more. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. What about you, Jimmy? Oh boy, you ready for this? <laughs> oh yeah, my wife don't eat fish. I don't eat fish. She oh eat fish. really? She don't eat fish. <laughs> Interesting. She likes calamari rings. I, oh, okay. Dip them on our sauce. I was <laughs> born and raised in San Francisco. Uh -huh. My family loved fish. I would sit there at the table while they picked away at Dungeness crab and had mm -hmm. shrimp louie and would make petrali and all the things. And I would rather be grounded <laughs> than clean the fish pan. I would be the kid <laughs> sitting at the table till midnight, not not touching it. Yeah. It was 
I am just born. No kidding. Not liking fish, and huh. and I will cook it for my kids. I don't yuck their yum. My mm -hmm. kids love it. Mm -hmm. My four-year-old loves pokey now, like oh, yeah. he because his big brother likes it. So <laughs> that's really great. Our kids are big on the tuna thing right now. Um, oh yeah. I I know it's delicious. It's just not for me. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. I love sharing it with friends. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. That's cool. I mean, we learned last week that uh, Robbie Gat from AFCO, he, I mean, he's spent 20, 30 years in the fishing and doesn't eat fish, too. Yeah. Oh, not fish. I'm not alone. It's not my favorite, to be honest with you. I mean, I, I'll eat some, but it's, yeah. like, I'll eat a, a fish taco every now and then. Right. I mean, think about Point Lima Seafood in San Diego. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh. I don't know if they do that fish, but it's insane, right? Oh, yeah. Fish sandwiches, all that stuff down there, it's so good. Oh, but but I, as, as, as I, it's not my main staple. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'll eat a little sushi as long as it's not too weird. I was gonna say sh it, yeah. sushi. I do a little. I do a little. I can, yeah, I can live off of that. But then I can't live off pokey. There's no way I die. I also love. <laughs> <steak>. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm definitely more of a a steak. Now okay. yeah. here's what I am about the ocean. Uh -huh. You know what I really love to eat off the ocean. Yeah. I've been eating these things for almost 40 years now. Mm -hmm. Our boat burgers. Oh, my God. Oh, damn. They are so stinking. I can't get enough. Oh. I can't get enough of those things. I've been eating those things my entire life, and I just can't stop eating them. They're so stinking good. My mouth is wide. I'm a boat right burger freaking freak. I really am. Any boat I go on, doesn't uh -huh. matter. I, I'm, I'm trying their boat burgers. Oh. And I, I gotta say, just because they're my boat burgers, mine yeah. might be a little step above everybody else's, <laughs> maybe. But then again, there's some strong rivals out there. I can I'm tell you that right now. I can vouch for your guys' boat burgers. They are flipping good. Oh. I mean, as, as soon as you're eating one, it's like, throw one more on for me, please. Yeah. One isn't yeah. enough. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. And, that, and that's why. That's also why we came up with the Mega Mouth. Oh, the, really? the mega mouth. Burger, it's our yeah. giant burger. Because okay. have you because tried that yet, Chris? I have not. Oh, you have oh, You get on the boat. You you just say mega mouth, and they'll, they'll yeah. Okay. That's yeah. going to be interesting. It we're, is an amazing. We're going to have a couple trips this no, year. No, it's right? awesome. Yeah. yeah, for sure. <laughs> Excellent. That's awesome. Uh, but I am I'm literally a boat food freak. I always have been because I ever since I was a kid, that uh -huh. stuff has been the best stuff. Oh. And done right, it is the best stuff. There's nothing better than a boat burger on the way back. Boat food is yeah. awesome. If it's done right, it is. Yeah. It is so good, yeah. Is that something else you picked up in San Diego? Yes. As a matter of fact, <laughs> yeah, I did. Because I that's where I grew up. That's where I started, you right, know. Right, And, and, and all, everybody had a galley. And I yep. just I just loved the boat burgers. Yeah. I remember as a kid eating four or five a day. And I come home and my mom asked me for dinner. I'm like, oh, no, I'm good. <laughs> so full. You are yeah. covered. Love the, yeah, I, I do love boat food though. It is, and it's something you can't just get anywhere. Yeah. It is, you can't get a burger taste like that on land. Period. Even if you use the same ingredients, don't care what boat you're on. Taste the same. It will not be yeah. the same. It will be a boat burger for sure. It's right. funny how that that's totally true. Yeah. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Well, before we uh, before we move on, Stardust Coral Sea. The Coral Sea offers overnights and three quarter days. And all yeah. That. Right. Yep. And then Stardust uh, day trips. It, it, it's a day trip. It leaves yep. at seven, gets back at four or five every day. We okay. do a half day on Wednesday still. Okay. Because cool. some of our our um. I, some of our clients still love our half day fishing is super good mm -hmm. and also super successful and it's a little shorter trip for people but it feels a, I, people still love going on that trip so we, yeah. keep, we keep we keep that open and on it's Wednesdays. also a great entry level trip 
Right. You're think about, you know, you love going fishing, you want to bring your kids out, but you, you aren't sure how they're going to do. You don't want to mm-hmm. pay for an overnight for that first one, right? Mm-hmm. Or even a three-quarter day. day. Yeah. It's, a um, day. it's a long day, especially when you're trying to start them young. So the half day really fits that niche market, you know, tourists, first-timers, mm-hmm. kids, maybe the older folks that can't hang on the boat as long. It's just too long mm-hmm. of a day for them. So the half day really meets the needs of, of a good amount of our customers. Yeah. Yeah. Do you see a lot of your customers as kind of like the entry level or the families or whatnot or a mixture of everything? We get everybody. You know what I see though mostly? I see a, I see people that have a good job uh-huh. that have a lot of them have their own fishing tackle or don't have their own fishing tackle but a lot of them have their own fishing tackle mm-hmm. kind of like a guy like myself extremely busy they want to get the best bang for their buck yeah so they come here get that nice big bag of nice big fat fish and stuff mm-hmm. and it's a lot of fish and they can eat on that all week or whatever they they then they can go once a month or every other week or something like that mm-hmm. and it's worth it to them because they they're successful yeah you know they're successful that's what I see a lot of. And I see a lot of guys, too, that just come on out because they just love hanging out with us and eating boat burgers and, <laughs> yeah. and all that other cool stuff and just being cool, right? Yeah. yeah. Having fun, yeah. So speaking of hanging out. We have out, a lot of fun. I was going to say. So it's your, a blast. Your crew is top-notch. Yeah, they're characters, say, Starting too. with they're Sal awesome. and, and all those guys and yeah. John and everyone. Yep. I mean, it, it, and there's not really very much turnover. It's always, a, it's usually. Always I've the had same these guys life. forever with me. So I've, yeah. had, I've had Sal with me since he was a child. Wow. He's been with me for over 20 years now. <laughs> Roth has been with me forever too, and a lot of the other guys too. Uh-huh. Martin, John, all these guys have been with me since they were, they were, they were young kids. Wow. That's it's a good cool. job for them. I mean, Christian. it's steady. Christian too. Everybody, everybody. It's I a, mean, they've been here for a long time. Well, it says a lot about you guys as the owners too. We 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 consider them family, or just as close or closer than family, because we're worth them all the time. Yeah. Anything they need, whenever they need it, we're there for them. We got for their sure. Back. We got their back for sure, always. That's very cool. Well, let's move on. You guys have some exciting plans for Santa Barbara Landing. Tell us a little bit about them. Yeah, so Santa River Landing, um, former Sea Landing, mm-hmm. uh, we just took over in October, and the first thing we did was bring in all kinds of tackle. Uh, it was we really needed to to fill up the wall and, and the cases with some good tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, we were very specific in what we chose, things that we know work here that we would buy ourselves mm-hmm. to use out of here, and some things that maybe. Are, are for your San Diego trip or for your for your trip somewhere else, but you're here right now, and sometimes you just need to get it before you go out. Yeah. And so we have that stuff. We we got everything for uh, for kayak fishing. We got a bunch of gear for kayak and surf fishing, pier fishing, mm-hmm. um, private boater stuff. I mean, we surf we, fishing, surf fishing, all that stuff. Yeah. We want to have a, a good spread for everybody. Unfortunately, right now we're really limited on our space. Mm-hmm. So uh, next year permits permitting Mm -hmm. um we're going to be doing a huge remodel um we're going to be gaining about a third more interior retail space we're going to be bringing in a local coffee company um we're going to be expanding our fishing tackle center and we're going to have a lot more retail items as well we really want to create um a space on on our end of the harbor uh for you to come and hang out even if you're not going out on one of the boats we want you to feel comfortable to come and hang out but we also recognize that we're right next to the boat launch ramp Mm -hmm. and when you're going out fishing in the morning on your private boat you're going from your house to the ramp Mm -hmm. and you're not stopping trying to stop in between is so inconvenient and lame and so we want to have everything you need here we got ice we have bait we have gear 
you know, say you you go to load your gear up and you snap a rod, it gets snapped in your tailgate or something. Yeah. We have rods you can rent. We can or rods you can buy. We'll rent you one, but you could. But we we ha- we carry some really nice rods. We have reels. Um, we have line. We have we have everything to get you through your day. Um, and it's all good quality stuff too. So we we're, we're selective in that way. If, if we wouldn't use it ourselves, we're we're not going to stock it. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I fish everything on that wall. That that's why I did that. I, I do yeah. I fish everything on that wall. Will catch something, and yeah. has already. It has, yeah. Huh. And I, I kind of like your your vision to where you know it's not just for the fishermen and all that, but it's it's more so about the community. You're you're bringing in retail or not retail, but the vendors as well to serve the general public. Yep. So we're going to be putting a, a service window for the coffee shop that faces the beach. So if you're familiar with the landing, okay. there's the side of the building that faces the boats, the side of the building that faces the beach, and so the, we're going to have the, not just the coffee shop, but they're going to have breakfast pastries and grab and go sandwiches. But one of the the most exciting at least for, for my kids and Jason <laughs> is we're going to be having soft serve as well we'll be able oh. to sell soft serve cones right on the beach right like, on the beach yes so we, we want cool to create to come in off a fishing know, trip run up here grab a soft serve cone or something right oh yeah oh. this whole section of beach here is very underutilized mm-hmm. because there isn't much as far as services available for the public here and so we want to create a space where the general public wants to come down here wants to hang out mm-hmm. they know they're there's something for them here. Um, you know, whether it, they're going to grab a coffee, the, the the stroller patrol in the morning, the moms on their walks, they can come and grab a cup of coffee on their way. Or in the evening after dinner and you're strolling along the beach and you want to grab, you know, a, a cone and, and a coffee. Or we're going to be selling beer and wine here real soon as well. Nice. Uh, off-site consumption. But um, we, we want to create a space where... You're going to come here even if you aren't going out on one of the boats. Yeah. Wow, that's very cool. It'll be a thing to do. It'll, just be, it'll be a thing, that's all. You better walk over and just, it'll, be, it'll be a lot different. Oh, yeah. Where, where are you going? Oh, we're just going to go hang over at the landing, grab, grab cool. a cup of coffee, yeah. grab something to drink. Like a one-stop shop for everyone. Well, we've got this yeah. great little break wall out here that you yeah. can walk out on, too, and look over, I mean, look over the whole harbor and out to the islands. I mean, it's really this is a one of the best place. views of Santa Barbara. One of the best views of Santa Barbara really. right here, you know? It's just it's so underutilized. Uh-huh. That w- w- we're going to make it a thing. Wow. It'll be a place. Yeah. Oh, and, you know, as we speak... If that- it was me, I'd put carnival rides out here and all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I'd, make it, I'd make it like the end of, like, Santa Monica Pier if I could. But, yeah, you know, we, I don't we think we it's going to be a destination. Yeah. Man, that would be uh, interesting. You think yeah. the permitting is bad right now? amusement park here. Yeah, yeah. And as we speak, there's actually a cruise ship in town, and you guys are kind of serving as the, uh, the 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 tender facility for that too, which is cool. I mean, I can only imagine how much traffic that's going to drive too. Yeah. So right now, we actually, I mean, we miss a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Um, because right now we just look like some gray building that there isn't much going on at. And and the truth is all of our boats are already out for the day for the most part. The fishing boats are gone before the ships get here and they yeah. come back after they leave. So the fishing boats aren't going to see much business from that. The whale watching on the Condor Express sees a quite yeah. a bit of business yeah. from that on their nice. first trip of the day. Um, and in the, in, in once the... the uh, 
once the jet ski rentals get going and they and the kayak rentals can do the guided kayak and guided jet ski trips, then the cruise ship passengers can do that. Huh. Um, but the service window we're planning on building mm-hmm. on the beach side of the facility will be able to serve the cruise ship passengers as well. Oh, um, okay. That side of the building gets Pretty closed cool. off yeah. to the public while cruise ships are present because we have to have a secure gotcha. area. Yeah. Um, and so we'll be able to you know, sell coffee, but also uh, souvenirs, retail merchandise, drinks. They can, wine, they can yeah, buy whatever. it right there um, while they're waiting. Mm-hmm. And so we want to be able to cater to them as well. And the, the, the thing about these cruise ships, they're, they're here for such a small amount of time. Like mm-hmm. I said, we really don't see much business, but these are all, for the most part, domestic travelers. Right. And so a lot of them have said... They'll come back. They, they come back. Yeah. They come back another time. They plan their visit to Santa Barbara after coming out. Um, you know, this might for some of them, it's their first time ever coming to Santa Barbara. Mm-hmm. And then we've had them come back and say, oh, yeah, I was on the cruise ship back in 2018. And we loved it so much. And we planned this trip to come back. And, oh, um, and it's been interesting because we've had more of that recently. A lot of people that canceled their trips during COVID. Right. Like, oh, I was on one of the last ships that came by in 2019. And then oh, we see. were planning a vacation to Santa Barbara after, but it canceled. And so we're having a lot of that come back now where... They came on the cruise ship, mm-hmm. they stopped for the day, they really enjoyed it, they planned their future visit, and that's when they really spend the money. That's cool. Yeah. And their first impression of Santa Barbara is you guys. Exactly. <laughs> and that's why we really want to vamp up this place mm-hmm. and, and, and dress it up real nice. That's cool. You have some beautiful renderings in the in the building and all that, but are, can people find that online at all or anything? Not yet. Okay. Uh, we actually are la- about, uh, well, technically, we already launched our website, sblanding.com. Okay. Um, it has a, a limited landing page, and then it links off to all the businesses that operate out of here. So you can go directly to the fishing, booking site watching, for fishing, whale watching, diving. scuba diving, guided island kayak tours, jet boat rentals, dive shop if you need dive rentals or dive gear. Mm-hmm. We got you covered for all your ocean adventure That's activities. the cool thing about this place, too, is if you're a diver... You can get dive stuff here, like good stuff. Yeah. You can either get it off the shelf or order it, and it's great. I, I have a, <laughs> I have a lot of it. I, I'm, I have some great dive gear too. I got it all here, and it's kind of neat. It's a full service dive shop. It's mm-hmm. pretty cool. They're a Scuba Pro Platinum Dealer, Dive Santa Barbara, and they also do rental gear. So when you go out on one of the dive boats, the Truth or the Vision, you don't have to lug your gear if you're coming from really far away. You can just rent it all. It's all top quality rental gear that they have available. That's cool. Yeah. And also, these new wetsuits that they have now are like putting on your regular old clothes. It is, they slip right on and right off. You're not completely exhausted before you even die putting on your gear. Because let me tell you, I have that issue. (laughs) This new stuff is incredible. Yeah, so our, our, our jet boat rentals, they run during the summer months, the warmer mm-hmm. weather months. The kayak rentals are year-round. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the dive boats, they definitely have some really great trips during lobster season if you if you like to gotcha. go lobster diving. Like to go grocery shopping. Yeah, grocery on, shopping underwater. underwater. Yeah, underwater yeah. grocery shopping, yes. Yep. Yep. That, that's what I call rock fishing, by the way. Right. Yes. That's right. Grocery it's shopping. Yeah, it is. It's going grocery shopping, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Taco meat. Yeah. Go get some taco meat. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, I think one thing that you mentioned um, before we kicked it on here was you guys are going to try and plan on having or hosting some seminars here, too. Absolutely. One oh, of that's the- always been my dream here yeah. is to set in the evening, set up 
set the chairs, a couple of Rubbermaid tables, and get everybody working on how to tie knots and how to do, get their tackle ready, maybe even do minor repairs to their reels and stuff. Just, just stuff like that. I mean, it's amazing when you get into into the technical the technical stuff of fishing, how to tie the knots, all the connections, all that other stuff, and how simple you can make your rigs and more effective they are. People, everybody wants to know that. Yeah, I've noticed when I've done many seminars, like it, it's it's something to talk to a big room, but if you can talk to a class that you're at eye level with and interacting, it's amazing how many people want to do all that stuff that we do. The dropper loops, the connections, the knots, everything. They want to, most people want to be self-sufficient when they're fishing. They right. don't really want somebody rigging their rod up, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, and the more they get into it, the more the more self-sufficient they want to be. And it's really cool to see people want to grow like that. And it, yeah. I'm like, they're eager to do that. I, I always joke about how um, you can't really ask your buddy that's next to you because he thinks that you know that what we are about to ask. <laughs> and those are the perfect opportunities for yeah. the seminars. Exactly. Right. And, and also, you know, Jason, just a couple weeks ago did a, a, a lunchtime seminar with a high school fishing club. Oh, cool. You know, we can offer more kids geared towards kids. Mm-hmm. Um, we can do, you know, different different versions of classes and seminars. We're going to bring in other people who mm-hmm. maybe like the swordfish deep drop stuff. There's yeah. people who are super intrigued yeah. by that. We don't do it on our boats, but you might have your own boat and might want to know more about it. Mm-hmm. Um, also, you know, bass fishing, get more specialty stuff going. Also, diving. Yeah. Uh, we're going to do dive classes and dive seminars. They, we offer, Dive Santa Barbara offers offer a dive, dive certification. And yeah. so they'll have a, a classroom setting mm-hmm. to be able to do that. that so all cool. of our all of our, our businesses that operate out of here will have access to that. So it'll be something that'll be on a master schedule on the mm-hmm. sblanding.com website um, once we're able to, to do that after the remodel. Cool. Um, and and it's going to be really cool. We're, we're really excited to be able to fully utilize this Space. That's so cool. And definitely, you know, we're going to have some CCA meetings here, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. For sure. Well, guys, you kind of mentioned about how, you know, you love working with the kids and doing, and I'm sure you've done kids trips in the past and all that. A lot of the work that you do, Jamie, with SAC and obviously with CCA too, is to preserve it for the kids too, for to preserve our fishing for the future. And, you know, big kudos to you and SAC and, and all that. I know you guys have an initiative going out. Well, CCA we all do. too, you know. Yeah, we all Come do. on, you guys kick butt too, you know. You're awesome. We all work together. Yeah. We all work together. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, we do have some important stuff to talk about when it comes to a couple species, right? Absolutely. Uh, right now, we're, we're up against the ropes with uh, a data-poor copper rockfish assessment. Um, everybody in the room, so to speak, acknowledges that this was there was something wrong with it. Um, it's not representative of what's actually out there, but that's what we have to work with, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, so we, as the SAC fleet and SAC stands for Sport Fishing Association of California, it's the CCA for the boat owners, let's mm-hmm. call it that. So CCA is for you, the individual, and SAC is for us as the boat owners, as the fleet. Um, and we have voluntarily decided to go to zero retention on copper rockfish. Um, and that is, we're, we're willing to take such a drastic step because the alternative is 
facing season and depth closures for next year for the 23-24 season and that just that would that's going to put people out of business bottom line yeah. and so we're willing to take that extreme step now to avoid essentially a an actual disaster in the future mm -hmm. um, and we're working really hard with fisheries management to show that we can self-regulate but we we need help from the public for the from the private boaters as well we really need you guys to to go zero retention on copper use descending devices barotrauma devices to send your fish if you do catch copper release them keep a rod rigged up with some weight and a, and a sequelizer or an upside down siwash hook whatever you have um, it, I know it stinks right now. We, you can only keep one copper as it is. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, to go from one to none, it's 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 yeah. not as painful, I yeah. guess. I mean, it's painful considering we went from ten to one, but right. um, but really, it, it's it's a pinch now, but it's better than a kick in the in the butt, yeah. you know, in the long run. It, it's a small price to pay right now, to where you know if. The, the copper, you already mentioned that. It's only a limit of one. And there's so many other species out there right Absolutely. now that we can that we can go catch. Absolutely. There's there's so much other fish out there and and not that and we acknowledge there is no shortage of copper. It's mm -hmm. it's hard to avoid them. But yeah. but we we have to right now. Um, and and if we do that now it won't be forever. Yeah. I mean something something happened at the tail end of last year with the sheep head as well. Where we kind of self-policed and all that. Exactly. Uh, so we backed off the, the second there was an issue. The yeah. fleet we we use electronic logbooks to report our catches each day, mm -hmm. and so it's real-time data. And the department was able to to give us a heads up and say, "Hey, you guys are getting close to to the quota. We had epic, mm -hmm. epic sheephead fishing last year. Yeah. I mean." Unheard of sheephead fishing. It was Saw awesome. All those photos. I know. It's just weird how all that and comes off one area, but they think we're emptying out the whole ocean. Well, it's, it's one area. And it's not that they think. I'm we're sorry, it bugs me because I'm a fisherman at heart, and I know how <laughs> fish are, and I, I'm real good at fishing, and I catch a lot of fish, and it makes me angry when we catch a lot of fish, and we get penalized for it. You, it's not that one small area does it. One small area amongst billions of sheephead. Okay, I'm done now. Thanks. Yeah, I'm good. Um, Thank you. So what it is, is it's not that they said that there's a shortage of sheephead, but there's a limit, a quota for the year, a tonnage that we were allotted, and we were approaching that. We It has been a very long time since the last time that happened. Oddly enough, it coincided with an uptick in whitefish, which we're seeing now as well, mm -hmm. and it and it and it in its similar weather patterns too, water temps, things like that. It's a very similar scenario, cyclical very similar scenario. Fish. They, they live in the same area. They feed on the same stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A very similar scenario has happened about uh, 20 years ago, and that's mm -hmm. the last time there was a big flare-up in these same species. Mm -hmm. um, and so, anyways, the department reached out to SAC, let us know that we were approaching that qu that quota, mm -hmm. and we as a fleet backed off. We said, okay, we're going to back off and ease up, and it worked. Yeah. Um, and so, so we, we're showing fisheries managers that we're able to self-regulate. We don't need draconian measures, management measures, mm -hmm. to 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 be proactive so and, this isn't and to about, keep things good. This isn't about the fish being depleted or anything. There's more coppers out there than we've ever, ever seen before, as well as vermilion red snapper. But there's been some poor data being done over the past couple of years, and that's what's messing this up. That is the only thing driving this. Mm -hmm. I mean, when it comes to 
the I mean with DFW and all of the um, the I guess the agencies reaching out to SAC and CC and all the that's got to be a pretty decent or pretty good relationship to be had if they're already giving us a heads up. Absolutely, it's it's years of building those relationships and working mm-hmm. together and showing we're you know we're we're team players, but at the same time, you know what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong, and mm-hmm. and saying hey you have these gaps. Let's let's work together, and we'll help you fill these data gaps. Mm-hmm. Help us, help you, help us. And we will <laughs> yeah. do future work to make sure this is fixed yeah. for sure, one hundred percent. This is only for now, not forever. And, but and it has to be done now. We have to take measures now in order to keep our fisheries open right now. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we and we, along with CCA and other other sport fishing vessels, for years have been doing scientific collaborative scientific research, um, the hook and line survey, uh, the CCFRP yeah. with Jen Cassell and Moss Landing all up and down the the California coast. Um, so thank you to the anglers who have participated in that. Because I was, yeah, I was yeah. just about to mention I've been on plenty of CCFRP trips on the Stardust, and you guys do a lot for them for sure. Yeah, we we <laughs> we have been doing scientific research on the Stardust since 99, I believe. 98. I think so. Yeah, 98, 99, yeah. Over 20 years. Yeah. Oh, well over 20 years. Different various research programs, Mm -hmm. um, tag and release trips in in those early days. Um, Some of those fish that were tagged here out of the Channel Islands, they were caught in Mexico. They were caught at the Farallons, Washington. Um, yeah. I Holy mean, smokes. we're talking ten years later, fifteen years later. That was caught. That, that was caught here. Uh-huh. And they caught it all the way up in Oregon. Really? An olive rockfish. Yeah. I I never knew that. Pretty, Holy crap! There's a chuckle. There, there was a copper caught here uh-huh. and ended up down in Mexico. You wouldn't Off think Ensenada, that. Yeah. And they don't even at that point they don't even see the tags anymore. The fish has grown so much, it's grown mm-hmm. over, so they don't know it's tagged when they catch well, it's, it. Well, there's a fuzzy thing sticking off of so they scratch it away. And hopefully, they make that phone call. Uh-huh. Well, no, what, but what's happened over the years though is it's been so long that the fish has grown over the tag in some cases, and they don't even see it until they fillet it. Oh, I because see. they because right, it's, it's inside the fish. Yeah, they, they <laughs> grow, the, the around. grow around the tag. Well, the tag wow. is non-reactional. It, yeah. it, it, it's a non-reaction tag. It's a little plastic tag, uh-huh. and the fish. As it gets bigger, it'll just grow into the fish without hurting <laughs> That's interesting. it. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. There are some fish too. Here's some funny stuff. We, uh-huh. we released some fish that were considered toast, gone, mm-hmm. floated away. Yeah. Birds picked them up and flew away with them, yeah. and they were recaught. No kidding. Yes. That's crazy. Huh. It was only a handful of fish that, that that happened to, but we got a couple back. Really? There, I mean, th- th- there could have been through the whole program, maybe. 30 to 50 fish that were done like that. But we got a handful back. So wow. well, chances are that fish dropped, the, the bird dropped that fish and it right. woke right up and swam through. A lot of the fish you see that float away, if the boat goes back, you don't see them anymore. Do you know why? They swam down. Yeah. They're gone. Like I go back to pick the up floaters and they're gone. Yeah, I, I, I've gone back, I've got, I, I'll go back up if it's a good spot. Uh-huh. We had a few fall off the hooks and stuff and they right. floated away. We couldn't get them. So I'll run back up and see if they're still there. Mm-hmm. Most of them are gone. Wow. Yeah, they swim back down. They gas off, swim back down. A couple kicks and they're they're on their way. Yeah. A couple kicks with their tail and they're on their way back down. So, I mean, it's yeah. even more important for the for the release devices and all that. Oh, the device it gives is, them an even better shot. Well, the, yeah. the device, I feel, is near 100% yeah. in my mind because I, I see... Fish that come up and they look awful. They're floating away. Well, we'll go pet back and pick them up if they still happen to be floating. But right. most of the time they're gone. They they swam down. 
Interesting. Yeah, it, it, I mean, if, if you're out there every day and you do stuff like this every day, you get to see that type of stuff. That bird story is amazing. Oh yeah, we, we had several fish. That's the first. We did we did a Doyle Hannon thing years years ago. We tagged thousands and thousands of rockfish. I mean thousands of them. This was the late nineties. This early was the late nineties. Yeah, and and we tagged thousands. And some of the the the, the ones that that um, our, our biologists wrote were just toast. There's yeah. no way this fish is going to live mm-hmm. with a tag in it. It floated away, and and. and they got some back like that, so I, I and, and we never saw them again after that. But the ones that birds picked up were incredible. Like, oh my God, we got that one back. Yeah, because that, the, 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 the biologists right. actually note if they see the fish get to picked right. off and things like that. They note what happens if it floated away and we weren't able to recapture it. To, to every descend fish it. Yeah. has a history. Yeah. After it's caught on those trips, every uh-huh. fish has a little history written, written on it about what what happened when it got released, huh. what time it got all this stuff. It's crazy, you know? Good release, bad release, picked up by a bird, all of that gets written down. Wow. The picked up by a bird one, when got <laughs> one back, blew my mind. That, he, the, the, the biologist yeah. actually called me and said, you're not going to believe this. <laughs> this this blue rockfish that you let go, that, that got picked up by a bird, mm-hmm. must have got dropped and swam back down. Wow. Right. So. Crazy, right? Yeah. Wow. So, anyway, so it, it all goes to show. Yeah. It's really important to to work when when, when there's when there's fish measures on board. Mm-hmm. If um, you're at you're at the public dock and and the fish samplers ask you about your fish, please interact with them. That's how they collect the data. And and when you say no and, or you didn't catch anything or anything like that, that that counts against us in some ways. Yeah. Um, it doesn't seem fair, but it does. And so the assumptions get made about what happened that day and how many fish may have been caught yeah. um, instead of the truth of what was caught. So mm-hmm. so if, if you get approached by samplers or there's fish measures, please participate. It, yeah. it really does help. And it, please try not to keep coppers right now. Yeah. Okay, yeah. try not to bring them back into the launch ramp or the dock or whatever. Try, let them go, please. Don't do it. Yeah. Just please let them go for now. This isn't forever. It's just for now. The, the relationship between us, the fishermen, and DFW, it's it's pretty important, and it seems to be getting better as time goes on. And, you know, when the samplers are up on the docks, we all see them. Um, it's not necessarily a bad thing that they're trying to do. No, They're, they're not, not the bad guys. They're yeah. not, and, and people tend to vilify them. There's a lot of, there's still so much mistrust after the MPA process, yeah. which oddly enough had nothing to do with DFG, really. Yeah. Um, still. But, was, but there's yeah. a lot of animosity and mistrust between mm-hmm between uh, department and, and and Noah and 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 fishermen yeah and and I get that um, SAC and CCA have worked really hard to try and mend that relationship mm-hmm. um, and and show that that we can be symbiotic we work together well and we can manage our stocks well if we can work together but but it we need your help as the public you're you're a huge piece of the puzzle here and um, and just you know, being cool with with the samplers, they're just people, and a half of, most of them love to go out fish too. You know, yeah. they like to do it, but this is their job, and and they're trying to collect the data that shows that the fish are there. If you're catching them, then then they exist. If you're not catching them, then maybe there's something wrong. And I that's noticed kind of the, the the thought process. I've noticed too with the law enforcement end of things, things have have gotten a lot more chill, a lot more calm down with the officers and stuff. They're mm-hmm. they're. They're polite. They're nice. They just want to see your stuff. Yeah. That's all they want to see. They want to see your your license. They want to see your cooler full of fish. They want yeah. to just look in there. They want to maybe measure a couple. Who knows? Mm-hmm. You know. They want to see your fillets or something. Always make sure you got that full piece of skin on on all, all your rockfish and stuff. You know. Mm-hmm. If you have a, a, a surface, just make sure it's got the it's got the one inch one by one.
somebody's patch of skin on it, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Very important. All of these measures and, you know, with the coppers and quillbacks this year and all that, it's all kind of great examples of what, you know, what I like to call a common theme in the podcast is, a, is management versus preservation. So with, you know, it, I'll use one of the terms, adaptive management, to where we're trying to, not necessarily wrong or right, but trying to make it more favorable and all that. All these great examples are great measures of management, and I think that would probably be way more effective than locking the key and, show, and you know, throwing it away. Absolutely. Oh, you'll catch more flies with honey than vinegar, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, and then, Jamie, one more thing about SAC, where, you know, we, you know, you guys had a major victory recently with the, the whole carb deal. Yeah, so uh, the California Air Resources Board uh, published was publishing a new rule or proposing a new rule that would ascend, that would have put um, almost all the sport fishing vessels in the state of California out of business. We would have had to uh, completely destroy and rebuild all new vessels, um, and and it. There's, there's, it would have been the end of sport fishing in California. Hundred percent. Who could, do, who, could could who could feasibly do that? The the technology wasn't there, it didn't mm -hmm. exist, and and they were trying to force something that just wasn't possible. And so, SAC worked really, really hard um, over the uh, the course of the entire pandemic, because really this started oh, out I, in I, March I, of the pandemic. I also mm -hmm. have to ha have to pipe into. I'm sorry, I have to pipe. In. You guys out there, the public, did an amazing job. Yeah. Of supporting this, I am so impressed. How many? Uh, how Sorry. many? How many surveys were there? Like twenty-three thousand or signatures or whatnot? Uh, yeah, there was. Gosh, I think. Yeah, over, over I think over, over twenty thousand. Over twenty thousand signatures on the mm -hmm. petition. Um, but the premise was that they we were going to be put out of business. Really, yeah. our boats were going to have to be destroyed. And and we said, look, we're all for cleaner air. We live in these communities that you say are are mm -hmm. being so poorly impacted. But. But work with us, help us help you. Don't put us out of business in the process. There's got to be a better way forward. And if the end goal is zero emissions, mm -hmm. then let's get let's work to that end, not to this in between where we have to build these giant steel vessels to put in this equipment that is going to essentially be obsolete in another ten years. It makes yeah. no sense. So, uh, amazingly enough, reason one over in a government <laughs> scenario, right? That's Who nuts. Thought? Who would have thought? So. Um, so, long story short, uh, we were able to get the sport fishing fleet separated out with a with a reasonable pathway to compliance. We're getting the working on getting funding for the rest of the fleet to that isn't already at tier three to get everybody else up to tier three, which is the best and cleanest available technology for our existing vessels. Um, super important. And most of the fleets are already at tier yeah, three already. Yeah, fifty percent or more is already at tier three. And and climbing. Yeah. yeah. So so we're working hard right now to get the rest of, of the fleet throughout California, including Northern California, everybody, mm -hmm. um, up to tier three. And then we're going to be working with CARB. We have a seat at the table for what zero emissions will look like for our vessels, for the technology. We're talking with, with the California Air Resources Board, talking with the manufacturers, um, and how to come up with something that will fit and will work within our existing vessels. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's, it's a great example of trying to work together on, on common ground, too, because you're absolutely right. We're, we're not against the, the Tier 4 trying to get to zero emissions. We all want to have 
uh, cleaner burning engines in the long run, right? Absolutely. So, you know, but we can't get there tomorrow because they don't exist. Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, it's a classic putting the cart before the horse. Yeah. Yeah. That's, a, yeah. <laughs> that's actually a great way of putting it, for sure. Yeah. Well, yeah, like I said, very uh, very much kudos to uh, to you guys and SAC and, and to everyone really on the board for, for making that happen. Because Thank you. I think, you know, if I remember correctly, I think, you know, Carb actually sat down at the table and, and went through everything with this with SAC too, right? Yeah, so we, uh, just a few months ago, we were able to have CARB staff come to the SAC office in San Diego, mm-hmm. um, and, a, and the handful of us that have been the CARB team for SAC, we were able to meet with them. We took them out on the new low end with, with Marcus Medak and showed them what the vessels do, what they look like, how they run, where they operate, mm-hmm. how we operate. Um, and and really, it was the first in-person meeting we've had since this started. Really? And, and that was the first time in-person we have met with any of these people. And they got to see exactly what this was all about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, what we're about, too. Yeah. Well, yeah. and see the humanity here. Mm-hmm. That... We, we we're not just machines these are it's not just about the boats it's about the people and and what we do as a fleet also with the kids trips with the veterans trips with you know the science trips with the research with all the different things with that we do labs, marine labs with, with ocean accessibility to people that can't afford we to, are ocean to, to go access. out on their own boat yeah. and stuff or I mean, it, the majority of, of there's a huge need for us. If we're talking specifically about California, but we can say nationwide, the majority of people do not own their own private boat. And if you do, and you're very fortunate enough to, fabulous. But we are ocean access for the majority of our population, mm-hmm. and without our boats, people will not have access to the largest wilderness on Earth, the ocean. Yeah, I mean, you kind of the without the without your boats programs like the CCFRP couldn't we we can collect data exactly it's unreal yeah so yeah so that was that was huge we are still kind of riding that one out yeah. we, there's still a lot of work to do right but but really and and a lot of thanks we're out to, of the woods we're out of the woods and a lot of thanks to um to to the partners that worked with us that helped us get the message out with CCA and 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 Bloody Decks and SportFishingReport.com, mm-hmm. all, all the different Western Outdoor News. Um, there's so many different groups. Anglers. Yeah. yeah, I mean, everybody. It was so great to see. We really appreciate the support and how everybody rallied alongside us and, and really helped push In the, the fishing public, I am yeah. so proud of all of you mm-hmm. for supporting that. I mean, let's face it, you, you know, I mean, the more you guys are involved out there, the, the, the public, our people, our people that come fishing, all sorts of stuff, it's amazing how many mountains can get moved. Yeah. I mean, just with, I mean, with the CARB recently, with AB 3030 a couple of years ago, it's amazing what, what we can accomplish all together when everyone comes together, too. Yeah. Seriously. No, it's like, awesome. Really, I'm proud of our fishing yeah. public out there. I am so proud of everybody. I, I've never been more proud to see all of that all, all, all that happen. It was awesome. It was very comforting to see that for me because, I mean, it, I love to see all of all of our fishing public come together mm-hmm. and, and help us make something happen. Same here, for yep. sure. Well, we discussed uh, your, I mean, I guess somewhat immediate plans for the landing and all we know what your plans are for the landing what's new for you guys or what's exciting coming up uh in the near future in 2022 
Oh, I plan on fishing my tail off. Yeah. Okay, yeah, no, I plan on fishing, 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 fishing. My entire life is one big fishing trip. It's going to continue to be one big fishing trip. Do you get to go out often? I, I run the boats a couple, two, three days a week. Oh, After okay. this cruise ship session, I'll be able I'll be able to run the boats more often okay, right now. Sure. But Jamie's got this huge deal, so I'm kind of dealing with the family yeah. and stuff. And then um, I did get to run the boat last week, which was very nice. Nice. But I'll, nice. Get, I'll be able to relieve the guys, you know, a couple, two, three days a week now. And still get a day in of bass fishing at the lake. Nice. I'm a largemouth bass junkie. Nice, excellent. Yeah. What about you, Jimmy? Do you get to go out uh, often at all, or? Well, definitely not now. Yeah. Now that I'm I'm managing the landing. Um, before it was a little tough. We had a little guy at home. He's now finally in school, but I'm here at the landing. Uh, so I, I got to be a little more intentional about yeah. taking a day and getting out on the water for sure. Um, but we're just gonna we're gonna be doing some staycationing this year nice. um, just with everything we have going on here at the, at, at the shop um, I I am hoping to make it to iCast this year oh um, the landing joined ASA and uh, I'm very excited hopefully I'll be able to make it out there pull myself away also yeah. um Santa Barbara Landing is going to have a booth at the the Long Beach Scuba Show in May. Okay. So that's the uh, the fourteenth and fifteenth of May at the at the Long, the Beach, Long Beach Convention, Convention Center. Center. Um, so cool. Santa Barbara Landing will be there um, supporting Channel Islands expeditions, the mm -hmm. the dive boats as well as Dive Santa Barbara, our dive shop. Um, so yeah. Excellent, excellent. One more important question. Can we still go fishing with you guys? Is there plenty of room for for the summer? There's Absolutely. plenty of room still. Yeah. Listen, you go online, find yourself, pick yourself a date, and you can book right online anytime you'd like. Or you can call us, too, at the landing, and we will definitely book your reservation. So, stardustsportfishing.com. That's our website, stardustsportfishing.com. There's an orange book online button at the top of the page. Click on that, and that'll take you to our booking page. Or you can call Santa Barbara Landing at 805-963-3564. That's 805-963-3564. We're on Facebook and Instagram, Stardust Sport Fishing, Coral Sea Sport Fishing, Stardust SB, Coral Sea SB. Um, Follow us there. We post our fish reports and pictures every day, as well as if we have any hot trips coming up. If the white sea bass go off and we throw on some overnight trips, the first place you're going to see it is, is on our social media. Yeah, you guys are pretty good at doing that because I see reports coming up on Instagram every single day. And, you know, quite frankly, it's more often than not that I'm actually jealous because you guys got to go fishing than I did. <laughs> but that's just me. <laughs> Yeah. Awesome. Well, guys, this was fantastic. Thank you so much for sitting down and Thanks, um, Chris. and welcoming, you know, CCA. And yeah, this was really cool. Brother. Yeah, very cool. Any last words? Any uh, anything to uh, to sign off on? Uh, no, I think I, we're just we're just stoked for mm -hmm. for what is happening here in Santa Barbara and. Um, and you know, if you if you haven't joined CCA yet, it, it's an amazing program and organization. It's it's more than it's more than what you see. It's it's like an iceberg. What you see at the tip is just it's so small compared to everything that's going on, um, and and what they do for you as the fishermen, for us as the sport fleet, um, for the tackle manufacturers. I mean, they they are there making sure all the wheels are greased to keep moving so that sport fishing exists. Mm -hmm. So so thank you CCA, and if you aren't a member yet, please join. It's only thirty-five dollars a year. <laughs> awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much again. Really, really appreciate you guys being on with me. 
Uh, that is it for this week. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Once again, follow us on ccacalifornia.org on Instagram. Give us a follow on the podcast. Give us a five-star review, all that good stuff. My name's Chris. Thank you so much for joining us this week. We will see you guys next week. Bye.